Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. You are listening to the Sideline SAS podcast, episode 60. <laughs> Making college football fun again. In this very special 60th episode of the podcast, I am joined by Coastal Carolina long snapper CJ Shrimp to talk about his journey to Conway, South Carolina, and just what makes the Chanticleer team so special. Later, Coastal Carolina football coordinator of player personnel, Colton Korn, joins the podcast to talk about the team, what it's like coaching with his older brother, Willie, and his favorite NAL deal. Plus, there's a whole lot of mullet talk. But first, some housekeeping stuff. Hey guys, Emily Van Buskirk here. Welcome to the Sideline Sass Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Sassness. The Sideline Sass podcast is generally produced every two weeks just for you, and the show notes can be found on the episode page at Spreaker.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and feel free to rate and review. Let your girl know how she's doing. If you feel like getting social as well as sassy, make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sideline Sass with three S's. Or if you're more like my mom, go ahead and like the show on Facebook. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, check out the website www.sidelinesasswith3ss.com for more sports content. And feel free to follow the SAS on my personal account at Emilnem, E-M-I-L-N-E-M on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't write all that down, I got you. All those links and handles can be found in the show notes. Now, let's get sassy with some people. All right, guys, welcome back to the Sideline Sass Podcast. I know I've been gone for a minute, and also, I know I say this every time I'm gone for a minute, but... I apologize. College football got started. It's been crazy. If you've been following on social media, you've seen that my partner Kim Montoro and I have been at every single big game for some reason, and all the chaos has ensued. So it's taken me a minute to catch up, but I'm back now, and I'm here with an episode that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I've been saving it for something very special. And since this is the 60th episode of Sideline Sass, I decided this is the one where we're going to talk about college football and who made it fun again. So to join me in the first part of this episode, I welcome CJ Shrimp, super senior long snapper for Coastal Carolina. Welcome to the Sideline Sass podcast, CJ. What's going on, (laughs) y'all? I love it. You're, You're not... Okay, hold on a second. CJ is from Arizona. But where did this accent come from? Okay. Oh man, I mean, I was supposed to only be here for two years, and I've now been in the South for four years. I can't get away from it. So now it's just ingrained in you. It just stuck. Oh my goodness. Well, it, it you wear it well, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, and some of my teammates who are like from North Carolina or Georgia look at me weird. They're like, "Dude, you're from the West Coast." Like, I would. I, I would not have guessed based on, I mean, some of our, I mean, I guess I'd, we'd never talked in person, but based on things I've seen of you, I would have guessed you were definitely from the South. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on because as we kind of talked about in the pre-interview, I have been wanting to talk about Coastal Carolina. You guys have been having a heck of a season so far, you know, getting a little bit of respect here, ranked you know, number 15 in the AP top 25, climbing those polls and undefeated. So how has, I mean, we'll start with the current situation then we'll kind of work our way backwards with your history, but how has the season been so far for you? We're having a blast. <laughs> you know, we say, we say all the time, no one has more fun than the shots. I mean, we, we meet every day where we're having fun as a team. So, I mean, that's probably the, the biggest thing. Five and O is awesome. But yeah. <laughs> at the end, hey, football is a game. 
So, I mean, you you play you play a kid's game, and and it's it's a blast. And winning's winning's a bonus. It, that's true. It is. People do forget you got to have fun doing it because what else is the point of all that? Now, I'm curious if people ask you. So, first of all, we talked about how to say your last name, and obviously, I nailed it in the intro. But that's got to be a question you get asked a lot is how to say your last name because it's basically shrimp with an F on the end. Okay, shrimp, nailed it. But do you get asked about that? Is that like one of the questions you get asked a lot? All the time. <laughs> and then it, it blows people's mind because CJ is actually my middle name. Oh. And it, it stands for Christopher Juan because okay. I'm 50% Hispanic, which no one knows. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> my mom is full-blooded Hispanic okay. and my dad, is like German, Irish, Scottish, and Polish. Oh my goodness. Which, which is why I'm so white. Right. So. Wow. But yeah, I named Daniel Christopher Wong Shrimps. And then people always try to figure out how Christopher Wong gets mixed up with shrimps. And that is a mouthful, but it's a very prestigious name. Like I, I dig, I think you should, when you graduate and you go into the world, you should go by the full name. It's very distinguished. It's great until you like filling out applications and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then it's too much. I get it. Well, another question you must get asked all the time is, what is a Chanticleer? Chanticleer. Chanticleer. Sorry, Chanticleer. Excuse me. A Chanticleer. It's a ferocious uh, rooster <laughs> from the barnyard. It rules the roost. It, it actually comes from uh, the Canterbury Tales. Okay. Uh, and is it was a branch off of, of the when we were a sister school of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, it came from that Okay, ran with it since then. So do you get asked that? I mean, that's gotta be a question that comes up quite a bit. Yeah. It's a, it's a mythical rooster. It's, it's a, <laughs> the most ferocious rooster in the barnyard and it's Shauna clears. It's not Shanna clears. Yeah. I already made that mistake. Shanta. And it's funny cause I've heard people say that, but it's just when you're looking at it in front of your face, you want to say shant, but okay. Shanta clears. Fair enough. And it's it's funny because we were talking about Cincinnati in our little chat before. And one of the things that we did this weekend at the Cincinnati um, Notre Dame game was Joey was Joey Chestnut, who was with us, was obsessed with figuring out what a bear cat was. We had no idea. So we literally went around to Cincinnati fans and said, you know, what is a bear cat? And I'm not kidding you. Most of the answers were you don't want to know or we don't know or it's, you know, some sort of. Bear, I mean, they didn't have an answer. And I was just like, how can you be a fan base and not know what your mascot is? But if I asked a bunch of Coastal Carolina fans, they're going to be able to give me that answer that you just gave me about the Chanticleers, right? Oh, yeah. They'll okay. yell at you how to pronounce it first and then, <laughs> and then go into the answer. See, that's, that's true. That's true faith right there. And that's why I think that y'all edge Cincinnati in that regard. So that's just one of the reasons. We will, we'll, we'll, go, we'll circle back to the football reasons later. But... um. So long snapping. I have had long snappers on my podcast several times before and huge special teams girl myself. How did you find your way into this very important but slightly enigmatic position? So I started playing football when I was seven Mm -hmm. and fast forward to high school, got to my senior year and I had taught myself how to long snap. So I was was our starting center and our starting long snapper. And um, I told my coach, we, we had a, one of my teammates who was uh, a real big, big dude. Okay. And he had a bunch of offers from Mountain West schools and ended up committing to Boise State. And um, I had told my coach, hey, like, you know, I want to play Division One football. I want to play at college football's highest level. Right. But at the time, I was I was 5'8", okay. uh, like 195 pounds. Okay. <laughs> and I was a center. He said, well, I don't think... <laughs> he, he said, D1, D1 power five really might not be, or D1 at all might not be your best shot. You know, I would, I would pursue D3 schools and okay. nothing against D3, D3 schools. Of at course. All. I'll tell you about my journey on the way. I went to junior college first. Okay. And, but nothing against them, but I knew, you know, my dream since I was little was to play you right. know, football at the highest level. And so I said, you know what? All right. I'm not going to be a center. Right. It's just, <laughs> I just kind of dove everything into long snapping well okay. long snapping i mean you've had kids in it since they were like 11 years old going to all these rubio camps and mm-hmm. stuff like that. so i got in it real late 
and I ended up going to a, a walk-on tryout at a junior college in Arizona, Phoenix College, and okay. Dan was the head coach. Um, and I snapped two balls at the tryout, and he put me on full scholarship. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that was because they didn't have another long snapper, if I was good, but hey. I Either way, that. maybe both. And <laughs> played there for two years and um, got pretty good because I was just a long snapper there, got pretty good at just specializing in that. And, right. Uh, ended up after that in May of my sophomore year in junior college, I was like, I didn't have any real offers. I had a couple preferred walk-ons. I had a couple Division Two offers. Right. Uh, and so I was just planning on, you know, maybe trying to walk on at Arizona State or something. And I DM uh, Kurt Baldus, who was the special teams coordinator at Coastal Carolina at the time, and was shocked when he responded. <laughs> DM'd him, like, Instagram, like, Twitter? On Twitter, yeah. That is so and, funny. Uh, ended up giving me a phone call saying they – we're looking for a guy to be a preferred walk-on. They had a senior long snapper who had one year left. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, sure. I didn't. I had nothing else to, you know, and this was like the first yeah. D1 that, that really gave me a good good look. And so I flew out there on my own um, the next week for an unofficial visit. Okay. And I, oh, fine. Never had been past Texas before. <laughs> my goodness. And all of a sudden, I was in little Conway, South Carolina, and Uber from the airport and all this stuff. I fell in love with it. Um, you know, everything was cooler than Juco. So <laughs> I mean, that's uh, fair. <laughs> and, and fell in love with it. I gave him a verbal on the spot. And then two weeks later, I packed up my car, a little Nissan Versa <laughs> with me, my mom, my dad, and everything I had for college. And we drove that thing across the country. Wow. And I've been here ever since. That's <laughs> crazy. What? I like there's so many tangents to go in there, but the biggest thing is how much JUCO has played, junior college has played a big role in D1 programs because there's a lot of good talent that goes through that that maybe guys just hadn't quite developed or they hadn't figured out what they wanted to do. But schools, D1 schools more and more are are dipping in that well, you know, and you're you're getting to see kind of the benefit of that. Absolutely. I mean, I had teammates in juco that were 18 and i had teammates in junior college that were 36 years old <laughs> I mean, and that's not a joke we had a corner that was 36 and and deaf in one ear i mean it was, oh my God. It was unreal that is <laughs> um, crazy the stuff you see our, our practice field our field goal posts were pvc pipes oh my goodness wow and, uh, we shared our game field with men's women's soccer two high school teams and uh, for practice and games. I mean, it was just dirt. That's wild. So, but, uh, but yeah, um, unfortunately, all the junior college programs in Arizona got shut down. Oh, uh, during during the pandemic? The year before pandemic, okay. just because of hitting and stuff. Oh, wow. That's too bad. I, I was actually the second to last year of the JUCO programs in Arizona. Wow. But, I mean, you can see just on our team alone, um, guys like, Guys like the Jordan Strong, mm-hmm. who you know came from a junior college, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, those guys, guys who maybe maybe didn't have the grades out of high school, or maybe you know just had couldn't get the looks that they needed. Right. Um, not every high school coach is perfect with getting their players the, recruited the right way or right. getting them. But I mean, it's a great tool. So that's crazy. And now you're in this program where, I mean, was it a wild change from? going to what you just described to being, you know, with this teal field and all, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been to coastal, so I haven't seen the facilities, but I can imagine they're, you know, a step up from where you were. My high school locker room was better than our junior college. So anything, I mean, I was just so happy to be in a, in a program yeah. like Coastal Carolina. And the year before I got to coastal, they went three and nine. My first year I redshirted, they went five and seven. Yeah. My first year starting, they went five and seven. And then last year we just figured it out. Yeah. Put it together and it's been yep. fun to watch. And this year is the let's run it back year. Yep. <laughs> As we've heard. Um, yeah. I, I got it. I'm curious about the long snapping stuff. You know, you said you went there and you snapped two balls and then you're on the team. Do you have a specific, um, 
I don't want to say style. I, I, th- I don't know like how long snapping styles vary, but how would you characterize your technique and how you, you snap the ball? Grip it and rip it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, there's, I guess when it comes to styles, there's two kinds of styles. Okay. A person can, uh, can either be a look snapper where they, they look the entire time at the punter, or some people will lift their head up right before they snap. I lift my head up right before I snap. Okay. Um, so you're looking really, down. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's gotcha. I lift my head up, and then when I snap the ball, fire my head through my legs. But okay. other than that, um, nothing really like crazy different. I guess yeah. it's just how much you train um, spin rate on the ball and stuff like that, and your yeah. technique and being accurate and consistent. And that just comes with repetition and doing it over time. And who can handle being nervous in a game and yeah. when there's seconds left on the clock, not missing your holder on a, on a game winner. So stuff like that. The having nerves of steel is probably, I mean, that's important for any special teams person, whether you're a punter kicker whatever, you have to be able to have that iron stomach for those moments. Um, do you have any, one of the things that I've learned from special teams guys is between punters, kickers, long snappers, sometimes they have like little, um, I don't want to say tradition, tradition is the wrong word, but like little things that you guys do prior to snapping or prior to, you know, holding or whatever it is that's going on. Do you have any sort of like, not ritual, but like a little, do you know what I mean? The, oh, word, yeah. I the word's no, escaping not, me currently, but. <laughs> on on field goals, uh, on all field goals and extra points, I'll, I'll uh, stay standing and I'll turn around until our kicker starts to take his steps to the left. Mm-hmm. And, uh, our holder always, me and my holder always look at each other and give each other a wink. I don't know why, but that calms us down. And I mean, like sometimes we laugh, like it, it's just funny. Yeah. But and then after after the field goal, if we make it, me and my holder always play rock paper scissors. I don't know why. What? It's like two years ago, and we've just rolled with it ever since. Have you been keeping score? Who always who wins? I won last last season, uh, seven to two. Oh my goodness! So you do keep score. Oh yeah, and this this year we're up, uh, uh, we're tied one to one this year. One to one. What's your now without giving anything away? What's your go to rock paper scissors throw? Oh man, I don't know if I can put this on air. Uh, okay, don't do it. Don't, I'll, I'll tell you. For me, I always go rock because I feel like that's the way to go. I don't know. Yes, yeah, he and I know Charles. My my uh, punter and our holder. His name is Charles. Uh huh. He always like overthink it. So he's gonna he's gonna always like throw scissors or something. So I'll throw a rock. Okay. And then if I'm overthinking, I'll throw paper or something. I don't know. I'm like I don't think anyone ever throws paper. Who throws paper? Never. <laughs> that's like no. That's like if you're. You, I don't know. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> that's true. I guess that's funny. See, I knew. Like I've heard so many stories from um, kickers and punters and whole like everybody that they have these kind of weird little things that they do to each other to kind of lose. Like I had a, a kicker friend at Utah and his a holder used to make him laugh before his kick. So he'd be all relaxed. And, you know, so he'd say something weird or something funny and like, you know, it'd be between them, but it's, oh, yeah. it's funny to hear that in a moment that's so pivotal, you know, for the game to hear that you just kind of are goofing around joking, but, but you really do have to stay relaxed. Cause if you tighten up, that's when you're going to, you know, mess up. Yeah. We're all a bunch of weirdos. It's awesome. <laughs> Y'all are like the bullpen in in baseball, like weirdest group of people ever in the bullpen. That sounds like what this is. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I think anyone would agree with that. I think, yeah, I think that there. I might have to do. We might. I need to do a story like that because that's that is a very good analogy. Um. All right. So, you know, you you made it to coastal. You're here. You guys have built this great thing. How how did you feel about last year? Um, and getting the amount of attention that, I mean, unknowingly you guys got this stage to kind of put your name out there and all of a sudden people are paying attention. All of a sudden people know who Coastal Carolina is and and what they're about. What was that like to just kind of come out from behind this curtain and and all of a sudden have this stage? You know, I talk to my parents about this all the time, how (laughs) unreal it is that I am where I am right now. Yeah. But to be honest, as a team, it literally is just having fun. I mean, we... Yeah, we we'll sit back every now and then, and we it's bad. We used to like watch the um, the ranking ceremony, like when we were like a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, you know, and like like big jokes that we weren't in the top twenty five mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I mean, 
I remember when the first the first time we got ranked last season. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean it was unreal, and yeah. then just like the way I, I guess the way we were doing it was was the reason it was so unreal is right. because it we had built we had built this culture. You know, when when Coach Chadwell took over and brought on our strength coach, Coach Chad Scott, um, we had built this this culture of just. Everybody loves each other. I mean, there's not a single person in the locker room that I wouldn't go hang out with or, or mind talking to at all. And yeah, you'd be so that's pretty rare in, in a lot of college teams. Like, um, just with everyone getting along, everyone accepting their role. You know, everyone wants to play, but at the end of the day, everyone's cool with learning from the older guys and if they need to and stuff like that. And it, it's it was unreal just seeing all that come together. And then, you know obviously being undefeated throughout the regular season mm-hmm. last year getting ranked going from you know i think we started the season like 86 in the country or something <laughs> yeah. last year I, I mean it was something crazy like that maybe even lower and and climbing all the way climbing all the way up there so it's unreal like you guys did it your own way like i don't think i mean this is going to go down as hist- in history not only school history but college football history as a team that didn't play by the regular rules and did it their own way and managed to find a place in some of the greatest programs in the country. That's wild. You know, you have Coach Shadwell says, always says, like, we play, the the most important game is the next one we play. And, and that's the truth. We play for a, a championship trophy every single week. Um, I, I know you've seen the locker room celebrations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like on Twitter and stuff. Well, those are actually each week we'll play for like a, a championship trophy. Um, <laughs> like, <and we'll> have, <laughs> like a trophy we'll, for the week. Yeah. Well, and we'll have like a theme for the week. Wow. And like last week we played ULM and our, our theme for the week was, was uh top gun themed. And it, the, the theme was buzz the tower. <laughs> Who comes up with the themes? A different coach will get, get it each week. Okay. And, um, they'll come up with like a trophy and like the the pinata at Kansas two years ago. Mm-hmm. That was that was the trophy for that week, and we just smashed it. And then we played Kansas the next year, and we smashed a, a rock that said "Rock Chalk Jayhawk." <laughs> oh my God. And then and then um, like the Georgia Southern was I, f- I forget what the the theme of the week was, but it ended up being like a WWE wrestling game match in in the locker room. That's hilarious. Georgia Southern is another team that has kind of a little bit of swagger like you guys. And you mentioned them before. And is that game, does that game get chippy? I mean, I feel like both of you guys are kind of similar in the way you approach the programs, at least. And I I don't know a whole ton about either. I'm learning. But I've had, you know, a guy from Georgia Southern on my podcast. I've talked to their head coach. And you guys seem a little bit similar in that regard. So what are those games against that kind of team like um i mean do you get that vibe from them that they're a little bit like they take it they seem like they have fun too yeah i mean like for example i got my first collegiate penalty two <laughs> years in a away game at georgia southern okay uh, the, both every player on both teams got a personal foul because <laughs> we had a dance off at the start of the fourth quarter like impromptu or like they just started playing music and both teams just started dancing and jumping around and it kind of like came off the sidelines and both teams started heading towards midfield and it wasn't like a fight it wasn't aggressive there was no like trash talk both teams were literally just dancing oh my god who won they beat us in triple or the dance off no the dance i mean i know the game is one thing who who's the unofficial winner of the dance off Oh, it's got to be us. You think? You have better moves? Oh, absolutely. Okay. We're like Shakira. Our hips don't lie. <laughs> that is crazy. How did I... Was there, like, footage of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Barcel, gonna... I don't Barcel tweeted it. Okay, I'll have to um, look for that. Thing because it was actually bad, though, because uh, they gave every player a personal foul on each team, and we had, like... There were, like, two players on Georgia Southern that already had a personal foul and, like, one or two on our team. So, like, four guys ended up getting ejected because of this dance-off. That's crazy. It was unreal. <laughs> then they ended up beating us in triple overtime, but we got them back last year. So. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And then you see them again this year at Georgia Southern. So what, yeah. 
what what could possibly top a dance-off? Stay tuned. I'm, I'm real good <laughs> with the uh, with the specialists at Georgia Southern, so I'm sure we'll have we'll have something in the mix. I don't know. I mean, I want to believe that, and I'm going to keep my eye on that game. But Georgia Southern, you know, they've come under a little bit of turmoil as of late, and they've changed coaches. Um, my my good friend that was on my podcast, Gavin Adcock, you know, got. <laughs> There's a video of him on top of a bus shotgunning a beer. My good friend as well. Okay, so you know Gavin. I think that's actually how you and I probably start linked up on Twitter is because of Gavin. It, yeah, something like it was something like that. But yeah, uh, no, he's a he's a good dude. He's uh, a really good kid, obviously. And in, in bad jokes, but yeah, not a great circumstance. Not a probably didn't expect yeah. that to be on camera, but every, everything's on camera these days. So it's like. Got to be careful. But I would honestly like, and I'm not going to sit here and say not like it's very dangerous and I'm going to say shouldn't be doing that. But if I were giving a scouting report, his feet were on solid ground and he, he used that center of gravity to catch that beer and chug it. It was impressive. I don't even know if I can put this on the record, but that, that video is everything that's good about college football. <laughs> And worse, and you and I are on the same page. We're not condoning the behavior. We just want to put that out there for anybody listening. Do not ride on top of a bus and catch beers. It's not safe. That being said, it was it was I was incredibly shocked that that was him. I was like, I saw the video and I was like, oh my god, that's Gavin. Oh my god, how did he do that? That was incredible. <laughs> that was what I was more like, wow. If he wasn't a country music rock star yet, which he's on his way, he's definitely going to be now. So. Exactly. I mean, and you think they win that game. Maybe that's not as big of an issue, but, right. you know. And it's unfortunate. I, I, you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother can of worms, but it's funny that you do know him because, and, and that's a team that, that has a lot of energy like that. Also a team you guys have coming up App State a little bit like that. Now I'm sure you saw the video that I had posted of the App State fans um, yelling at the Marshall fans. Had you seen that? Oh, yeah, I saw it. So, and, and I'm not going to go too much into it, but App State seems to be a place, and that was my first time there. So my first impression was, you know, it was not easy to watch those fans do that to an opposing team that had just lost. Um, I know that doesn't represent all of App State. Obviously, there's a lot of great people there, and it's a beautiful environment. But is, the, is it tough to play at places like that where the fans can get very, very rowdy? Uh, personally, I love it. Okay. Um, I will it doesn't say, bother you. Not at all. Okay. Not even a little bit. I mean, you guys think I'm a I'm a five eight long snapper. <laughs> my last name my last name Shrimp. I'm gonna get yelled at. That's like, fair. so do they know, find uh, your name on the roster and like heckle you at places? It's, it's so bad. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I got it. I I got it the worst at Lafayette last year. <laughs> you know, you you get everything, but but I mean, I think that stuff's hilarious because. I feel like if I was in the student section, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. So, I, but places like App State, mm-hmm. you know, those places like that are, are loud. They're yeah. real loud. So, I mean, you really don't even care about that stuff. It's just um, their, com- their competitive home field advantage is that their crowd is so loud. Yeah, exactly. You know, and we're getting, we're getting there as a university. I mean, we had our first big season last year. And mm-hmm. The turnout this year for all the games has been awesome. Our fans are awesome. Um but yeah, going places like that. But I think where else was I? Um, yeah, I was going to ask if there is another one that that is like that that you guys have had trouble with, or that is uh, that's hard to play. Not trouble, but Arkansas State okay. two years ago, where we played this week, is was yeah. pretty loud. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, just just then because App State's and like in that bold out kind of yeah field, and the mountains are all around it, so yeah. everything goes. So yeah, it, it gets it gets jumping in there. So that's always fun, though. It really did. You have back to back fun games then coming up on the road yeah. <laughs> to protect that undefeated streak. Now we're looking at the season and we go down the stretch. You guys have managed to to be impressive in your wins so far. And you said you you said you know the focus is each game each week, but there has to be a little bit. We talked about the national picture with Cincinnati beating Notre Dame. And all this attention now finally on some schools outside of, you know, Power Five. We've got some group of fives that are pushing the committee to pay attention. What does it mean for you guys doing this and, and 
is there hope that there could be a group of five team in the playoff? I mean, that would, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not something that um, we focus on right. every week. I mean, because at the end of the day, if we don't win out, I mean, it's not an option anyways. Right. So um, focus on doing what we can to, to, to win each week and, and continue to put that pressure on the committee to, to, to get us in those spots, like a New Year's Six Bowl or even the college football playoff and stuff like that. So yeah. that would you take be... a week. It's not like it's definitely not something that, you know, it's brought up in team meetings. Right. It's definitely not team meetings or anything, but it's not we're not oblivious either. We know <laughs> we know what's going on every week and we watch we watch the AP poll and we like to see that stuff. So Yeah. You gotta keep an eye on it. You gotta know what's going on out there. Um, any team that says they don't is lying because I know everybody at least keeps one eye on what's going on because you have to. And especially this year with so much craziness and landscape. Has there been a game that you've seen outside of, you know, your games that was shocking to you, surprising, an upset or something you saw that you were like, wow, that's crazy? Troy. Yes. It was Troy, and I think and Troy had the opportunity to win that game. Mm-hmm. Now I watched the Sunbelt games a little bit closer. Okay, but Troy had an opportunity to win that game, you know, two or three times, and but um, and that's just kind of that was surprising. Say, like oh, you never want to say, well, like oh, this team beat this team, so mm-hmm. maybe you know stuff like that. But you look at that stuff, and and some of it doesn't make sense <laughs> at all this right. year. I mean, it's a crazy year in college football. It really um, is. Just seeing like, well, this team beat this team, but then went and lost to this team, and um, but I remember watching that the Troy Lafayette game, and, and it was surprising. Okay, it was, surprising. it was as close as it was. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Well, it has been, it's been a lot. Um, let's round out the this interview. I mean, there's so many things I could ask you because I could literally talk to you all night about stuff. But I'm very curious to hear um, about your NIL deal. So you mentioned that you and a few guys, and I don't know who, how many of you are in it or are there other special teams guys or who they are, but you mentioned you have an NAL deal, and so why don't you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah, so it's, it's me, Teddy Gallagher, Silas Kelly, uh, Greg Latushko, and, uh, and Steven Badosky. Okay. Uh, we, uh, I woke up one morning this summer, and I called my buddy Teddy and just said, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, we should rent a limo tonight. And just take it out wherever we go. And he said, yeah, man, that's a pretty good idea. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, we rented a limo and split it. And the lady who runs the company, her name is Miss Colleen. She's awesome. Um, The company's called Royal Limousine of Myrtle Beach. Okay. And said, hey, what would you got? You got, would you guys like to partner for the the 2021 season? Yeah. And they take us, uh, to and from every home game. So they'll drop us off and pick us up after the game and take us wherever we want to go at night. And we put them on our social media and try to get them as much business driven through coastal for like, you know, fraternity and sorority formals and stuff like yeah. that. Get, get people, get them, um, get them as much exposure as they can. Cause they didn't have a lot of social media presence when, when we first partnered together. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome pulling up to every home game in a limousine. That's crazy. I like I've never even heard of anything like that. And how wild and fun is that? I mean, that I'm surprised the first NIL deal wasn't like some sort of hair product or like a barber. Like with the fact that you guys are known for these mullets, I for sure thought we were gonna get some sort of styling gel or something. Yeah, I know Silas. Silas has a uh, a hair care okay. and I deal. Or something like that. And I think Teddy signed with like a marketing agency that helps him with merchandise and stuff. But for the mullet, uh, okay. I'm I'm more than happy with our limousine and I No, uh, I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. And we have a we have a great time. It's funny because we our first game was on a Friday. And we it was like at it was like at seven o'clock. So we rolled up at to the to the rolling up through campus in a limousine at like three o'clock in the afternoon with all the students walking around campus. That's hilarious. Why the hell there was a limo pulling <laughs> up to the football facility and then a bunch of jokers on the football team get out, which is hilarious. So that is the best story I think I could ever hear. I, I have to I cannot wait to see this because I'm gonna make a point to be out there when you guys are driving through doing that. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it was funny too. Taking maybe out Joey after. can come with you guys in the in the limo. Hundred <laughs> percent. Y'all can definitely join. That would be as as after the game. We'll pull up wherever we go at night, whether it's with our parents or not. Right. And we in the middle of all these people with in a limo, which is. <laughs> Just super obnoxious, but it's awesome. But it's funny and it's fun, and that's exactly that's the brand, basically. We're so a great time. Yeah, you might as well. Jeez. And you mentioned that you do have a player on the team who is a big Joey Chestnut fan. I mean, there's a lot of us that are Joey Chestnut. That's fans. fair. My, that's fair. My buddy's got a Joey Chestnut jersey. Where did he get said jersey, and does he wear it? You can find those anywhere. Yeah, on the Fourth of July. He, he'll legit wear it. And you guys, so I'm assuming you guys all watch the hot dog eating contest. Absolutely. Okay. Who do you think on your team could give give the closest Joey run for his money? Like, who would be the closest? Silas Kelly. Silas Kelly. Okay. It's and, insane. And I mean, what seen... food would it be that he would put down that level of? Like, what's his that go-to? You, that you can eat anything. I'm, I mean, oh, there's, watch, oh, it could I'm, just be anything. Okay. Yeah, I've watched him eat an entire apple in one bite. <laughs> you said that. Him and all, I mean, I've never seen anything like I send you a video of it. We take video. He does it, like, for fun. All right. So, okay, this is going to work out because we are. We originally were like, we're going to go to schools and have these guys do this eating challenge. And if they pass, they get to be on Joey Chestnut's all-star eating team. But if they don't, you know, whatever. But we've been twerking the uh, twerking, Jesus. Um, we've been tweaking the idea. Yeah, not not. Although Joey and Kim were twerking at the bar after the game, but that's you know you can go to. That's not yeah. That's neither here nor there. But you can see it on um, TikTok. It is on TikTok. So, um, anyways, but we are tweaking the idea, and we we think we're gonna have you guys film the challenge yourselves instead of trying to like come to everybody and and ha- make them do it in front of us. We're going to have you players, you know, attempt the challenge. We're going to give you the challenge. You film yourself doing it. You either pass or you don't, and you send us the video, and then you're on the team, and then Joey will make his, you know, campus visits to his teammates throughout the season. So I think that's what we're going to do. So it sounds like Silas is ahead of the game here. Absolutely. We'll get him in training right away. I mean, he really might be the inaugural member. I don't know. So, and and it's going to be an open call to anybody who thinks they can do it, but I'll tell you this, it is not easy to eat X amount of things in a, in a time frame. That's the hard, like, I could eat, Joey officiated an eating contest between my girlfriend and I, and we did donut holes, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to crush this. I love donuts. I could eat, like, literally in a, in a sitting, I could eat a bunch. But in two minutes, it is extremely hard to eat as many as you can because you, your jaws get tired and you can't swallow science that goes in behind it and like mm-hmm. stomach and and the way they eat it and, and how they eat it's nuts yeah it is so that's my that's my thing to everybody is everyone's like oh i can do this and blah 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 and i was like okay well we'll see so i encourage everybody to try and and we might even try and get some coaches like there's got to be some coaches out there that are big eaters that could you know try and make it work in glory days here and try and get back into it so we're going to be on the lookout for those as well Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, CJ. That was the quickest, probably 36 minutes ever. Um, <laughs> we are already done. But thank you for coming on and talking about this. Thank you for telling everybody why college football is so fun again. And I cannot wait to come out and see you guys in person and see the amazingness that is Coastal Carolina. In, in hey, for myself. Hey, we'll always have fun. Yes, always having fun. So we will catch up with you. Good luck this week and next week in your road games. And um, I'll be watching and we will catch up with you soon. I appreciate it. You have a good one. All right, Sideline Sass podcast listeners. That was the amazing CJ Shrimp the long snapper for the Coastal Carolina football team. We're going to keep this college football is fun again theme going and talk to another person within the Coastal Carolina football program. I've been tracking this guy down for a while. I'm very excited to hear what he has to say. He is Colton Korn, the coordinator of player personnel for Coastal Carolina. That is a tongue twister. Try and say that five times fast. I dare you. Welcome to the podcast, Colton. Thanks for coming on. 
Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, talking some Coastal Carolina football. I know. I mean, you never get sick of talking about the Chanticleers ever? No, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's the funnest team in America for a reason. There's always something to talk about. That is true. You guys have definitely made college football fun again. And it all started last, well, it's obviously been in the works for a while, but for most of us across the country, it started last season where you guys kind of got this platform that was unusual due to COVID. And all of a sudden your games are focal points for the week. Um, what was that like just all of a sudden having people across the country know who you were and then jump into the rankings like that. Well, like you said, it's kind of been in the making. Obviously, you never think it's going to get this big. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Coach Chadwell and a lot of the staff have been together for a long time. And, um, you know, it finally took off. We got all the right pieces in place. And we got a bunch of dudes that really bought into what we do. And, um, you know, it was only a matter of time, um, obviously, <laughs> to getting, uh, getting successful, but not to... Um, national kind of right. stardom spotlight, that kind of thing. But, I mean, it was incredible. Um, th that's one of those years that you'll never forget. Um, I'm sure everybody has kind of like that year that they always remember. And yeah. uh, last year was just unbelievably special. And um, when you love the dudes that you work for, work with, um, and all that stuff, it makes it a lot more fun. Um, and these dudes really know how to have fun. So it's a it was a special year for sure. They really do. And that's one of the things that I got from CJ's I mean, anyone who follows you guys on Twitter can see that it's fun, but hearing the stories from CJ and, like, how everybody is very close and, you know, just likes to do things together, it's been fun to hear those kinds of things. Um, it must not be a different for you. I mean, you came from Charleston Southern, which is another kind of a smaller program, smaller school, and this tends to be kind of the theme is like everybody on the team, you know, is close. The coaching staff is close. So for you, it's probably, you know, business as usual. Well, at Charleston Southern, when I played at Charleston Southern, uh -huh. it's funny. It was a tiny school, obviously, like you said, and uh, we didn't live off campus. We, you know, 95% of the team lived in, in the quads, as we called them. And um, <laughs> you just get, you just get so tight with those guys. And um, obviously winning helps, but, if we never won a single game at Charleston Southern, I'd still tell you those were the best four years of my life. And it's really continued. I think that's just something Coach Chadwell, Coach Stans, uh, my brother, Coach Corn, yeah. Coach Isaac. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a bunch of guys from those staffs that's on this staff as well. And I think that's what they do uh, extremely well at, it's just making a culture where you can be yourself, have fun, and, and really enjoy the greatest sport in, in the world. And you mentioned your brother. What is it like to coach? He's your older brother or younger? He's older. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. Four. Okay. What is that like coaching, you know, being on the same staff as your older brother? Do you guys give each other grief? Do you guys, you know, play pranks on each other? Is it Or is it just, you know, business? I'll tell you, it's the absolute best thing in the world. <laughs> um, obviously, we got a great relationship. Um, he was actually my position coach in college, so okay. that was a little bit that was a little bit tougher initially. But coaching together has been been really special. Um, it's weird though. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the um, the Eagle celebration on on College Game Day and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so my brother was the one who orchestrated that, um, and. <laughs> Of course, everybody, no one mentions the guy who was in the eagle suit. Of course, that was me getting oh my God. Um, slammed through a table. So, you know, that's the perks of working with your brother. Um, he has great ideas, and you get to execute them. And you get to help execute him. Yeah, well, we heard, we heard a lot from CJ about, you know, the post-win celebrations, and he talked about how every win is – a big deal, which is why you celebrate them, you know, with these kind of fun locker room stuff. And But I didn't realize that each coach gets to kind of pick the theme for the locker room celebration afterwards, uh, which has been your favorite so far that the coaches have come up with. And are, you know, are you going to, is there going to be any fun ones coming up that we need to keep on the lookout for? Well, you never want to, you never want to give away the celebration too early. So uh, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that. I had around. to try. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got some good ones coming up. Okay. Uh, obviously we got to take care of the job, but yes. um, the cool thing about that is it gives guys like, you know, a purpose. Obviously mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of talk about our schedule so far and us being ranked so high and all that stuff. But the cool thing is none of these guys really care what the outside noise is about it because we're playing for a championship right. uh, every week, every week's a championship. And if you win by three or win by 50, 
um, you're still getting to, <laughs> to celebrate. So um, it's cool. My favorite one, personally, obviously, was the Georgia Southern one. Okay. Uh, there's a common thing with my favorite ones. Uh, this year, when we beat Buffalo, I was actually dressed in a Buffalo suit, and I got thrown through another. I got thrown through another table. Um, you know, went headfirst into a locker, all that stuff. Obviously, the pain is not enjoyable, uh, but the videos to look back on are gonna be gonna be great. My dad uh, lives out in Reno, Nevada. Uh, mm-hmm. He sure does enjoy seeing the uh, the celebration, and he can usually pick out uh, the ones I'm heavily involved in. <laughs> Do you have any formal training to be in these suits, or is this just? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I just, I, all I did was play college football. Uh, that, that's about it. Uh, that's that's literally all the qualification is to do what I do. That so. is hilarious. I love it. I I know you got. And it's part of the charm of you guys having so much fun, but. You talk, you talk a little bit about the schedule and the football. This is the year that we're seeing group of five schools finally kind of emerge and, and make people pay attention to the fact that there needs to be a change in the playoff situation, you know, that there are good teams outside of the Power Five. We're seeing it with Cincinnati. You know, we're seeing it with um, other teams in the American and, and, and you guys, of course. What is that like to kind of – force the committee to have to pay attention to you guys and and possibly you know have this playoff as a potential thing looming in the distance obviously i me personally a guy who's watched a ton of college football it's long overdue um Mm -hmm. you know with the the boise states back in the day and ucf Mm -hmm. and and all that and then obviously this year um it's a little bit of a rarity where you got a ton of g5s breaking into the top 25 and, and all that stuff obviously cincinnati's the at the forefront right now with yeah. that big win against Notre Dame. But um, I just think you kind of realize that it's not necessarily about uh, recruiting rankings. Um, okay. You know, people people look at, oh, they have a top 25 recruiting ranking. Well, a kid's recruiting, you know, his stars will change after he commits to uh, an SEC school or if he goes to a Sunbelt school, you know. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll make a three-star, four-star, four-star, three-star, and that heavily influences uh, preseason rankings. And, um you know, you can't really measure uh, a football player based off those recruiting stats. And I think you, you're looking at a lot of these G5 teams have an insane amount of continuity. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Fickle up in, in Cincinnati, he's been doing it there for a little bit. Yeah. They all trust him. They got a good system. And we've been we've been knocking this thing out for, you know, the, the, the success popped up last year. But we've been we've been together for a really long time. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and you, you can't really measure that with the. With, with, with rankings. With stars. It's about time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. I think um, it's about time, and um, obviously there's so many advanced analytics and stuff that really point to, you know, we are a really good team. It's not just, oh, they're, they're cute. That's a cute team. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we, we have some really talented football players. Uh, we have the number one tight end in the country. We got a receiver that on PFF is ranked number one in the country. Mm-hmm. Our quarterback is a dude <laughs> he is. He's, like, he's like top five in the country on, on PFS. So, um, we have good football players. It's not just a couple, uh, a couple average guys and we just play hard. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's talent. we have NFL football players on our roster. So it's not just all mullets. It's, it's actual football. <laughs> no, it's not just mullets and celebrations, but we do those well as well. So right. you guys are um, multifaceted. <laughs> there we go. I like it. Well, and you talk about, you know, the stars and, and that's such an interesting point because it, so much emphasis is placed on these kids coming out of high school, especially and, and how good they are and how good they could potentially be. But when I talked to CJ, I mean, that kid went to Juco, someplace that most people have never heard of in Arizona, and then managed to find his way to this D1 program. And that's becoming more of a norm now than we've ever seen it. Player, you know, programs going to junior colleges and finding guys there. Um, it used to be such a stigma to, to talk about that, but now it's like it's a norm. And that's got to be something that's great to see, right, from your side? Absolutely. So I went to prep school out of high school because okay. I had um, some lower level offers and ended up, you know, <laughs> Coach Shadwell offered to me at three schools. Um, and I ended up finally taking one and playing for him. But I've always had a kind of, not a soft spot, that's a little bit weird to say, but I've always, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do my background on JUCO guys yes. and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we have a kid on our team, Jordan Strong, mm-hmm. uh, one of our corners. He was number two in the country last year in interceptions, and he was a JUCO kid. And um, you look at his story, and he's just a guy that 
grew up in a really, really small town in Mississippi and yeah. wasn't as fortunate as some people and, you know, and had some tragedy in his family growing up. And, you know, so he had to go JUCO, goes to JUCO, and he's a 3.0 student there. And since he's been here, he's a, a 3.0 student here. And yeah. you just find, you find really cool stories um, and obviously really good football players there. But I think it's special when you can find a, a guy who comes in from Mississippi, Kansas, <laughs> the fighting artichoke who uh, <laughs> DJ Shrimp played for, and, and they right. come in and make a huge impact on your team, your culture, and, and then obviously on the football field. It does make it a little more special, and and it does present opportunity to people that may not, like you said, have seen it otherwise, which is truly the heartwarming side of it that I love, personally. But No, no question. <laughs> now, talking about opportunity, this is the year – that players are getting to exercise their NIL rights, okay? So from a staff perspective, that's got to be fun to watch. It's probably a little dicey to navigate, and you probably worry about the guys like most of us, that they're just being careful and whatnot. But I have to ask two questions about that. Has it? What has it been like to watch players take advantage of their name, image, and likeness and opportunity? And what has been your favorite NIL deal that you've seen on the team or, you know, or across the country? Absolutely. So, um, I, one, I love the NIL deal. I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, rolled out super quick and, uh, and all that stuff. I don't know uh, what it's going to look like in five years, but <laughs> it's better than it was five years from now, uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think it's a great deal. Obviously you gotta, you gotta keep tabs on everybody. And I think it's just really cool when a guy comes in and says, Hey, I, I made this just for doing this. And it's awesome. Um, it, it's awesome, you know, cause these kids work their butt off and, um, you know, they're not paid to play football. Obviously, no. the, uh, there's a scholarship, but a lot of these kids, um, these young men, don't come from a ton. And the ones that do, like, it's, you know, it, it balances out. Right. Um, and, and my personal favorite uh, NIL deal is the Mullet Brothers. We got CJ Shrimp, uh-huh. who you know, you know very well. Yes. Uh, Gre- Greg Latushko, mm-hmm. beautiful mullet. <laughs> Teddy Gallagher, another beautiful mullet. Yep. Silas Kelly, yep. an unbelievable mullet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and our and our uh, punter uh, Charles Overson, they have a limo deal. Okay, yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> where no money is exchanged, they have no money, but they they deliver them to the stadium on game day and pick them up and it's incredible. And, and take care. It, it's it's <laughs> the I, look. Everybody wants to make money, but that's one of the greatest deals I've ever heard. It really is. I just tweeted about this because CJ told me about it in his portion, and I was just like, "How is this not even talked about as one of the greatest NIL deals that we've seen yet?" Because I just picture like Dumb and Dumber going to the party in their tuxes, <laughs> like getting in these limos, not in a, in the, the roof, <laughs> right, in the best way possible, like. No I, I mean, it's no, it's no, uh, you know, six figure deal from Bojangles or anything like that, but right. it, it's pretty dang good for coastal Carolina. I mean, that's a, that's a special one. I think it's really cool because it's local. And the other part of the NAL stuff is you get to partner with things in the community. And so they're giving yes. this local limo company kind of a boost in notoriety and sales and the ability to be seen. And they also get to feel like, you know, cool guys Dude. on game day. Like <laughs> They're not just the mullet guys. Now no. they're the mullet limo guys. I mean, yeah, it's, it's that's, growing. That's got to be like its own like refined culture. I, like it's a juxtaposition for sure of, of mullets and limos, but I don't know. That's its own class. I have no idea. Absolutely. That, that's, that's high class, middle class, low class. That's all of it. <laughs> that's you know, all the class. That's that's Conway, South Carolina. That's Myrtle Beach. That's that's Coastal Carolina. It really is. I've never seen a more fitting thing. But I'm very excited for them because that's fun to see. Now, if you were playing today still, so let's let's pretend you're in your last year of eligibility and you're playing, and the NIL deal goes through. What would you have been partnering with? What's something that you would have partnered with um, to make a deal? Uh, well, definitely the hospital system due to my uh, hand injuries. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we got we got early onset, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, arthritis going on in the hands from all okay. broken fingers. Um, so that's number one. And number two has got to be cookout. Cookout. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you've had cookout. I've had cookout, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. I may live in California, but I travel all over the country, <laughs> and I've definitely had cookout. <laughs> Look, I, I was at a small a small Christian college, so mm-hmm. uh, the opportunities weren't uh, 
there weren't a ton of opportunities, but cookout was in walking distance. So okay. um, I developed I developed a good relationship <laughs> over my four years. <laughs> <laughs> they have good food, especially when you need it, and they're open late. Like they're and it's seven dollars if yes. you got a quesadilla, a chicken wrap, and a, and a burger. I mean, exactly. How do you beat that? Exactly. I love that. Okay. Well, see, food is, food's a very like practical, you know, you see a lot of these guys with the cars and the food deals. It's very practical. I like to see that. Um, no question. What about your brother? What do you think he would have had as an NIL deal? Same kind of thing? Or do you think he would have had anything different? So when he was a senior in high school, he was a very uh, highly recruited guy. And um, they put him on the news channel. They made a little commercial. <laughs> oh, my and it was, God. And it was uh, Willie Likes Chicken. And, like, he went under center. It was for Chick-fil-A and stuff. Wow. And he's, like, the Chick-fil-A player of the week or whatever. So I'm thinking for sure Chick-fil-A would have had to jump in there on that. I mean, it was already in the making. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, well before NIL. So <laughs> I'm surprised that we haven't seen any like hair care product deals with your players yet. That was what I told CJ. I was like, where are the, you know, the, the people sending you styling gel and hairspray and stuff like that? I, it's it's mind-blowing, really. Um, <laughs> even with Coach Chadwell having a mullet. Yes. I'm surprised he's not got something special, but I believe there have been some samples sent in. Okay. But these... But these guys are so particular about that mullet that um, it's, got, it's got to be the right stuff. Oh, it doesn't just mullet. wake up and look like that? Are you kidding? No, no. I mean, that is, that's a process. You, you don't want a greasy mullet or a, a mullet that's all knotted up. Then it's just, I mean, it's just a, a beehive up there. It's not oh, worth it. Oh, my God. This is more <laughs> mullet care than I would have ever imagined learning about, but... Um, all right, well, let's switch gears. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Just we're going to talk about football. You guys have kind of a big back-to-back slate. I mean, I guess not back-to-back-to-back, but two weekends coming up where you're on the road um, in in different environments. And I don't, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I was recently at Appalachian State, and it was a pretty crazy environment for the Marshall game. Um, no question. Their fans... They, they, they packed that thing out. Yes, their fans are passionate. Some of them borderline mean, but I'm curious as you head into the, you know, Arkansas State this weekend and then Appalachian State later, like what is the, the plan? I mean, home is home, but playing on the road, especially against teams like that is tough. So how do you guys approach that kind of, what could be a hostile environment? Well, the good deal is, you know, we, we kind of had our early season kind of shock on the road. Okay. Uh, we've only played one, one game, and uh, it was a lot closer than we would have liked for sure. But right. um, Oregon State's going to have a good environment. I believe they're doing a blackout, oh, uh, I believe, today. Okay. So, you know, the, the fans like to come out to those free T-shirts usually. So um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a steal. It's a really good deal. All you have to do is sit through a football game. Um, but – you know, so it'll be a good environment to get us get us there, and obviously yeah. you got to take care of the one, uh, the the meal on the plate before you can get the second. So fair um, enough. You know, obviously Arc State's going to be a, a tough challenge. They're really really good on offense, but yeah. um, I played against App State in 2013, okay. uh, a little old Charleston Southern. So I remember it as a player, and um, I've been up there twice as a coach. So. Um, it's a, it's a unique environment, man. It's, it's uh, beautiful, but it's, it's beautiful. It, the fans it's are very passionate. Yes. They are very passionate. Yes. And, you know, it's a gift and a curse. Obviously not everybody's like, uh, like the, you know, the bad fans, those ones usually stand out, but there's right. some, you know, there's obviously good people. I think my, uh, my aunt and uncle live up in, in that area and, okay. you know, it's a beautiful area and all that stuff. It's a pretty campus, but uh, there, there's obviously no feelings. <laughs> no <laughs> love lost. Yeah. There's no love lost there. So um, hopefully they won't have too much to, to be excited about. And, um, our guys are going to take care of today. And I, yeah. it's cool. I can talk about it and it doesn't really matter because uh, I can have my focus on, on whatever. I don't have to feel that. That's today, true. So. You're not, you're not, <laughs> you know, stepping out there today. So that's why your perspective yeah. is interesting because you did play, but now you're on the other side of it. And that's why I'm just curious because I had never seen fans kind of be that invested in a team that had just, they had just beaten them and they were just going to town on it. It made me wonder what these players deal with on the road. And CJ said, you know, he gets a lot of uh, heckling because of his name and his size and they're very specific to him. But it must be hard for them to endure some of the, the commentary and then not be able to say anything back and not be able to, you know, be like, meet me outside and say that to my face. They can't do any of that stuff. That's got to be frustrating. 
uh, the the catch me outside. How about yeah, that? Exactly. Uh, they can't do but, it. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as a player, um, you know, we we went into some pretty hostile. We played Georgia and Alabama, and oh, we wow. had some playoff games that were tough and all that. But um, you kind of learn to live with it. Uh, okay. My last name's Corn, so obviously, <laughs> you know, I got my I got my fair share. It was pretty. You know, it's usually pretty elementary, but yeah. Um, but you know, our guys are pretty pretty used to it by now. We went and played at Louisiana last year, and that was, you know, about as hostile as it gets. Um, their fan, their fan sections on your on your bench and oh wow, um, stri- yeah. strategically placed on your bench. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's a home field advantage, and that's what it should be. And I think that's what makes college football the the coolest thing in the world. Like um, you got a bunch of random students who sit in class with these guys and then they come out and support them and all that stuff. So obviously, you know, the bad's the bad, but uh, the home field environment in in college sports is what what really, me personally, that's what I love about it, having a special student section and and people that went to school there 20 years ago all coming back and and tailgating and and, and getting after it. And obviously, uh, (laughs) there's some passion that comes out uh, late at night after a few ice cold (laughs) coca-colas and yeah uh, you know it, it you know you, you kind of learn to live with it okay. uh, as a player i was always no, curious not, mo- mo- most of those people will not say a word when they see them a hundred percent on the way to the bus or uh, <laughs> in, in a classroom so that's a hundred percent true it's very brave behind a fence but not so it's much very easy there it's yeah. the twitter it's twitter warriors Yes, exactly. And that's really what it was. And everybody else at App State was great. So it was just unfortunate to see that. But it just made me think, you know, what they had to deal with. And it's crazy. Like the different, I mean, because they're kids at the end of the day. I know they're young men, but um, they do have a lot on their plates. So, well, one of the things, speaking of plates, one of the things that we're doing this year is partnering with Joey Chestnut. I'm not sure if you saw that on Twitter. I did, I did. Yes, so uh, I was talking to CJ about that because we obviously want to bring Joey out to a Coastal game. Um, We think it'd be such a good environment and such a good fit for him. And so in order to do so, some of the players have to make his all-star eating team, which I've been assured they will – Silas Kelly will have no problem – um, oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's elite. He's special. Apparently, he can eat, you know, a whole apple in one bite, stem and all. That is the story that I've heard. So I'm not worried about that. But I'm curious, um, who do you think on the coaching staff, if we were to extend it to coaches, who would be someone that could would be able to make Joey Chestnut's all-star eating team? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, it would be an honor for me to make that team. Oh, yeah? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a... But I, I don't have the talent. I'm a big fan, but okay. I'm just a fan. Um, okay. I would say Coach McGee, but he's been he's been cutting down pounds. He's been working out. He's been staying away from bad food. So <laughs> okay. uh, he's, he's a tough one. That's our D-line coach. But I would say probably Cody Ladutko. He's okay. our uh, assistant tight ends coach. Okay. Um, if, you, if you put pizza in front of him, um, I mean, it's endless. He, he'll, <laughs> he'll eat 30 slices of pizza if it's free. Um, it has to be free pizza. Um, because if he pays for it, it's going to be rationed out for the next six weeks. But um, if Fair it's enough. free pizza, there's going to be slices gone like like you've never seen before. So he can eat quantity, but can he eat, like, a lot for in speed. a short amount of time? Oh, man. That would be the question. Uh, that would be the question. I'll have to pull the stopwatch out on him okay. um, when we're in the office on uh, Monday. Yeah, next time uh, you see him eat something, let me know the timing, I'll- what it looks like. I'll get the stopwatch, and I I have video proof of the Silas Kelly full apple eating. Oh, really? Um, okay, see, it, it, it's actually not a rare occurrence, which is kind of weird. Uh, That's I'm so to worry bizarre. About the kid. Oh yeah, um, I think he's got some some weird thing where he can't just eat an apple one bite at a time. So, he just eats it all um, at once. Pray for him, you know. I think it's just a weird thing where you should enjoy that fruit. It's a great fruit if you get a good one. I can't believe he can fit it all in his mouth. And honestly, and not, you know, okay, all jokes aside, like (laughs) Joey, the reason that Joey is the king is because his jaws, like he has such strong jaws and he can chew really quickly and open his mouth pretty wide. So I wonder if Silas has that same ability. There's got to be something there. Yeah. Um, and, and, And Apple, I mean, that's. It's probably a little bit bigger than your fist, right? Yeah, it's big enough where it would be like a struggle for most people. I think. No question. So I think I think he's got I think he's got some unhinged things going on there. And, Interesting. Um, on the on the topic of Joey, we need to make sure he's ready to uh, be a part of a celebration. Obviously, he's recruiting right. for his for his all eating team, but 
Uh, we're going to have to work on something where he's a part of a celebration. Well, we're looking, right. I'll give you a heads up. I mean, I talked to CJ. We're looking at the Troy game on October 28th. I'm going to talk to Joey today and see if, because we're supposed to be in New Orleans for Halloween weekend for the Cincinnati Tulane game. Um, That'll be a good one. Right, which will be great, but we could probably make a, a stop out in South Carolina for that Thursday. I think that's a Thursday night game. So, And it's the Absolutely. blackout game. So. Yeah. Might as well. I mean, it's a beautiful time of year to yeah. be in Myrtle Beach. I've um, never been, make, believe make, it or not. Stuff. I've never been wow. to your part. I've been to Clemson, South Carolina. and. Oh, that's that's cute, everything. That's <laughs> cool, whatever. Dude, I live there. I lived there for a little bit. I went to high school there. Yeah. Uh, it's, for half my career, but it's no Myrtle Beach. Okay. Well, I've heard great things, and I definitely want to get out there. It's, it's not an easy place to get to, so we're going to... It is not. We're is not. short of chartering a plane. We're going to we're gonna figure some things Dang. out. But. Y'all big time, didn't No, no. I. That's a joke. <laughs> I wish. Like, we fly so much, like, we should start chartering. I need to get my pilot's license at this point, but... You guys need to reach out to Joe Moglia. Uh, I think he'll have to make it work. Okay. Joey's an, he's an American hero, so. I mean, he really is, and, and we we want to come. I've been wanting to to come out, and I think it's a good, it's a perfect fit because Joey is a really fun, you know, uh, fun-loving guy, great guy to have a beer with. Like, he's super fun, and he loves football, and he loves watching competitors. So I feel like oh, it's a perfect. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm I, Joey goes where I tell him to go, so we're going. There we go. We're there going. It's going to be fun, but I'm excited. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and it'll be good. It'll be good times. Good deal. Can't wait. <laughs> well, thank Can't you so much, out. Colton, for coming on and talking about, you know, everything Coastal Carolina. I feel like more people need to understand this program from the inside out. And so this is a good first step to getting to getting all the listeners uh, dialed into what you guys have going on because they see it on the TV screen, but we want them to feel it, you know. Absolutely. Always remember, college football is supposed to be fun. It's, it's, it's a game. 18 to, 18 to now 25-year-olds because of COVID uh, returnees. But, I mean, it, it's it's young men out there. It's, it's, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. So exactly. don't take that out of it. Exactly. Well, thank you again. We're going to watch y'all tonight, and then we'll keep our eyes out for the next game at App State and just see you guys keep rolling. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. That's going to do it for the Sideline Fast podcast. We will be back in a few weeks after a couple more big games. So stay tuned and as always, stay sassy.